0: Thank you so much for joining us online. Next Level Church exists to lead people to become fully engaged followers of Jesus, and we'd love to hear about what God is doing in your life. You can email us at nextlevelchurch.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For locations and service times, visit nextlevelchurch.com locations. Also, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing at Next Level by giving, go to nextlevelchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message and have a great day. Next Level Church. Hey, welcome everybody to part three of our We Are the Church series. My name is Matt and I am the founding and lead pastor of Next Level Church. We're one church in multiple locations. Think of that. So that means that there are three uh, locations happening all weekend long. Uh, One in Bonita Springs. Come on, Bonita Springs. Where are you at? Yes. Love what God is doing in Bonita and in North Naples, Collier County. It's so cool. South Lee County. Incredible. Our gateway location, uh, Is our second location here in Southwest Florida, and then our Fort Myers location uh, happening all weekend. And so just want to say welcome to all of you. We also have our church online audience, and uh, so hopefully you are outside of Southwest Florida if you're participating online. If you're in Southwest Florida, what are you doing? Come in here. We are the church, baby. We're having a good time. You're not getting it all unless you're in the building. Somebody say amen to that. So, come on. Welcome all of our locations, everybody. So glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome. Well, in the first two parts of this, we are the church series. We've been uh, going real high level, and so in part one it was really a vision weekend for us, as we Next Level Church are a part of the Big C Church of Jesus Christ, happening in the world. And uh, we really talked about in the first installment of this series where uh, where we're at as a church, how far we've come in fifteen now almost sixteen years of existence, and all that God has on the horizon. So many opportunities for us, literally north, south, east, and West, what God is doing as a church, and then in part two, last weekend, uh, man, oh man, have I heard from so many of you who were fired up as we studied 2,000 years of church history in 35 minutes, and so if, if you weren't here, and you're like, what, how'd you do that, I'm just telling you, you got to go watch it because it was interactive. It was super cool. Make sure you go to our uh, Next Level Church app and, uh, and and follow along with part two because we really did talk about the role, the part that we play as a local church of Jesus Christ. This movement, not a not a building, not a Kirche was the German word, but a, but a movement, an Ecclesia is is the Greek word, an Ecclesia, uh, this movement of called ones for a special purpose. And I'm just telling you, Next Level Church, God has called us to special purposes in our generation. Well, this weekend, I want us to go personal. I want us to go personal, and because I want us to look at what it means to be the church. If it's true that we, not buildings, but people, are the church, then we better know what we're signed up for, right? You ever been a part of something where you weren't real sure what you got yourself into? Like a timeshare presentation? Come on, somebody. We're not in Orlando, we're safe, I can say that, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, in the, you just, the first time Sarah and I ever did that, wow, we got two free tickets to Disney and lost like four years of our life. <laughs> Woo, I don't feel like we're winning, babe. I don't feel like we're winning. And you go and like there's this, wouldn't you like to vacation like this? <laughs> yeah, I guess, and as soon as you say yeah, anything, you're committed for like four days of your vacation to look at other stuff. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Don't email me. I don't, you're good. If you're offended by that, there's a prayer team. You'll be fine. <laughs> Here's the deal at church, we want you to know if we're the church, if the church isn't about buildings, which it's not, but it's about people, building people. And we are the church. We are that. Remember the little deal? The whole right here's the church, here's the steeple, open up the doors. Well, it's kind of toward me. Open up the doors, and here's all the people. Okay, well, we're all the people. Well, if we're all the people, then what are we talking about? What does it mean to be the church? Mark chapter 2. Turn with me, click with me to Mark chapter 2 if you have the Next Level Church app, which I highly recommend that you download on your smartphone or your device uh, because there's notes and scriptures. The whole deal is in there as well as everything else that's going on at Next Level is right there in our Next Level Church app. So make sure you you get that. If you haven't downloaded that, it's absolutely free. Make sure you do that. Mark chapter 2. Well, I want us to look at at the moment in Jesus' ministry where we really, really see illustrated what it means. means for us to be the church mark chapter 2 starting in verse 1 here's what it says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum the people heard that he had come home because that was kind of where he was from the region where he was from verse 2 so many gathered that there was no room left everyone say no room left there was no room left not even outside the door and he preached the word to them before we get into all of this just parenthetically Jesus had space issues Like, his church was full, man. Okay, I'm just telling you, There's the problem you never want to have as a church is to not have space issues. Like, you never want to be like, yeah, well, you know, we haven't seen our building full in years. Really? That might not be as good of a sign as you think it is. Next level, listen, here's what I want us to notice. Jesus wasn't thrown by the crowds, but he wasn't impressed with them either. And church, listen, I want you to know, as a church, we're a big church. Yeah, there are several thousand people who call Next Level Church their home between one of our three locations here in Southwest Florida. And guess what? We're not impressed by that. We're thankful for it. Because behind all of the cars and parking problems and seating problems are individual people who come into one of our services or one of our locations at week in and week out. And guess what? They're here because Jesus is touching their lives. So can I just encourage us this weekend? Listen, if it takes a little while to leave the parking lot at your location on Sunday morning or Saturday night, guess what? That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, so let's just smile and high five. Let's don't be honking at each other. Okay, let's don't receive salvation in the building and lose salvation when we leave the building. That's, that is counterproductive to what we're trying to accomplish. And listen, if you have to park far away from whatever building you're attending can i just can i just ask you just smile be like wow praise the lord baby we got to get here earlier (laughs) yep there's plenty of great parking right up toward the building 30 minutes before your service starts i'm just telling you it's well maybe not if you attend second service but anyway you get the point guess what we all we park far when we go to the mall we park far away when we go to a football game Let's just, let's just rejoice that Jesus is touching so many lives at Next Level Church. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Space problems are just kind of part of the deal. And so, listen, the next time you go to get a little frustrated when you're leaving the parking lot, that is God convicting you to be on the parking team. I'm just, especially you, Gateway, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you're the parking out at Gateway, it gets a little, in Fort Myers, you too. We got like five churches on Plantation Road. Like, and when they all dump out at the same time, it can be a little problematic. But guess what? Jesus didn't mind, he didn't care. Number three, verse three, look at verse three. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them now i want to answer the question what does it mean for us to be the church number one maybe you want to write this down it means we carry the burden of the hurting what do we get ourselves into what did we signed up for to be a part of this ecclesia this movement of god on the earth today called the local church of jesus christ we signed up to carry the burden of the hurting there were real people with real needs who couldn't get to jesus like they needed to and somebody needed to do some heavy lifting in order for them to get what they needed from jesus And can I just tell you that nothing has changed in 2,000 years. That when it comes to the lost and the hurting and the broken of our city, and my goodness, aren't we reminded this weekend of the lost and the hurting and the brokenness of our world by what happened in Parkland just across the other side of the state. My heart is broken by that, as I know yours is too. And church, can I just tell you, whenever a tragedy happens like that, you know the first thing that goes through my mind, first of all, I pray for those people. But then the next thing that comes into my mind is that's why we do what we do. The local church is the hope of the world because we have the message of the love of God and it is only the love of God embodied in Jesus Christ that can change our world for the better. It won't be laws or politics and we need both of those things to do and play their role, sure. It will be the movement of the church. It will be the love of God that truly transforms someone's life. That's what can change our world. You can clap, go ahead. So here's what that means. That means it's going to take all of us doing some heavy lifting. You've heard me talk about it the last couple of weekends. Listen, where are you taking your next step in? Where is God calling you to serve? We are hardwired as human beings to to need to make a difference in the lives of other people. And I'm just being honest with you. I I can't think of a better opportunity to leverage our lives to make a difference than in God's ecclesia in God's church, in God's movement. And let me just say this. Listen, when it comes to serving, we don't need you. You need you. And hurting people, other people, lost people who come into one of our locations every week, they need you. So let's do it. Come on, you guys. Let's rock and roll. I double-dog dare you to sign up for Empowerment Track this month. I double-dog dare you, church. Do you remember double dog dare anybody remember double? Well, I'm about to. I just double. I just I just double dog dared you twice. That's like quadruple dog dare, and I'm about to go six times. I'm about to double dog dare. Listen, I double dog dare you to make us just keep adding empowerment tracks to all of our service times at all of our locations in the month of March. Why, well, if you've not been to our three-week group called Empowerment Track, get wait for it. There, it's so worth it. You will figure out how God wired you, how God made you. And you'll be able to just take right off from Empowerment Track and launch right into a ministry, into a serve team opportunity that is going to change other people's lives and will change your life while you're changing other people's lives. I'm just telling you, that's why we created Empowerment Track. Now, let me talk just for a minute to people who attend Next Level Church, but you're also attending another church as well because we get that from time to time. I know that I'm friends with nearly every pastor in this city and I do that intentionally. Because I love being able to call one another and go, "Hey, so and so's coming over there. Hey, so and so's coming over here." So listen, here's the deal. There let me now, let me say a few things about this, okay? Because this is a real issue. Because we live in a day and age where it's possible for us to do that, but here's what we believe. We believe that God wants every one of his children to plug into a single local church, a body, a specific community of believers and not go over here because the teaching's good, go over here because the worship's good. That's called consumerism. And we just don't believe that that's God's best. What we believe is God's best is that every believer in Jesus is fully engaged in their local church. Now watch this. We believe that there are times in the life of a believer, where God, for his own purposes and reasons, will call a person to leave a local church and go across town to another local church. That doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them evil. It doesn't make any of that nonsense. Here, it simply is God having his sovereign way. So let me say this. Listen, if you've been a part of another church, but you've started attending Next Level and feel like maybe your heart is here, let me tell you what we would want you to do. Or let me flip it around. If you're a part of Next Level Church and you feel like maybe God's moving you from here, here's what we would want you to do. In either scenario, we would want you to go and talk to whoever your leader is, influencer in your life. So if you're part of a serve team, whoever you're, you're kind of your supervisor of your serve team is, or one of your pastors, go to them, one of the leaders at your location. Go to them, sit down with them, and number one, search your heart. Because if there's any hurt or offense or, or, or you know, something that has kind of severed or changed that relationship in a negative way, the devil loves to kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, the devil loves to divide. It doesn't have to be that way. So, before we jump ship in one church and go to another, and again, if the Lord's in that, great. But if there's hurt and bitterness in our heart and offense, then guess what? Jesus is in you getting that right. See, relationships don't run. Relationships relate, and they talk through their issues. So what would we want? We would want you to go and talk to that leader that you are are in connection with, have relationship with. And if there's hurt and bitterness and and offense somehow, some way, which happens because we're an imperfect church, then, then talk that thing through. Get your heart clear, and then go to the church God is calling you to. That's And again, that works in both directions. I'm just telling you, that's God's best. You know why? Because that allows for there to be unity in all of the churches. And next level, I just want you to know there is incredible unity. We saw it during the hurricane. There's incredible unity between the churches here in Southwest Florida. And it's a beautiful thing. And I believe that is inviting the blessing of God on our region. And we as Christians have a responsibility to maintain the unity of faith between the brothers and sisters of faith in the body of Christ. Amen? A wise mentor told me this uh, one time. Leave through the front door, not the back. It is better to be sent than to go. So when it comes to this whole thing, again, if God's calling you to another church, awesome. Go there. Plug in. Do it. But what we would say is be, it's better to be sent there than to just go. And it's like, well, whatever happened to so-and-so? I don't know. Does that make sense, everybody? This matters. So, so, so maybe you're sitting here listening, and you're like, okay, Matt, cool, I get it. But how do I, like, like, how do I know what church God wants me in? Here's, how, here's the question I think you need to ask if, if, you, if you're wrestling with that question. Here's the question. Where am I most likely to invite my unchurched friends and family members? Where am I most likely to invite my unchurched friends or family members? In other words, the story is about these guys bringing a paralytic. Well, if you got paralytic, blind, spiritually friends... What church are you most likely to invite them to? Whatever church just went through your head right now, that's probably the church God wants you in. Because God wants us to be constantly bringing, investing in relationship and bringing people into God's house so they can experience a touch from Jesus like the guy in the story. Verse four, let's keep going. We're talking about how we are the church and what does it mean to be the church? Verse four, since they could not get him to Jesus, so these guys are carrying their paralytic friend, Because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. What does it mean to be the church? Number two, it means our faith will produce healing in others. What does it mean to be the church? It means that our faith will produce healing in others. Did you notice that it wasn't necessarily necessarily the faith of the paralytic that healed him? It was the faith of the believers who brought him to Jesus. And see, when Jesus sees people who are willing to carry the burden for lost people, his heart is always moved. And Next Level Church, I can't help but think that that is the reason why we're seeing this move of God in our midst. Because every single one of you who attend this place, you're willing to not let any of this be about you. It's not about us. Being a part of a local church is about others. It's about the next person who's hurting and broken and paralyzed and blind spiritually who needs a touch from Jesus. So whatever we got to do, if we got to park far away, if we got to serve, if we got to get up early, Bonita Springs, if we got to set it up and tear it down, we'll do it. Because lost people are worth it. And if this had been the end of the story, then it would have been great. Everybody goes home happy, high five, let's go get something to eat. But it wasn't. Look at verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Awesome. Awesome. What does it mean to be the church? Number three, it means we're going to have critics. It means we're going to have critics. Whenever Jesus' life and God's love were moving and ministering, there were always critics nearby. When you study the ministry of Jesus, you see that anytime Jesus' life and God's love were moving and ministering in the hearts of the people around him, There were always critics nearby. Now, let me say this. The same is true with us today. That Every once in a while, some negative critical voices will rise up against our church. And we've come to expect that. We've come to realize that that's just kind of par for the course. And if Jesus had critics, then apparently we're doing something all right because we have critics from time to time. So let me speak to two kind of categories of critics here for just a second this weekend. The first is what I would call outside critics. Outside critics. Now, there are some in our community who occasionally, how should I say this, get loud, um, sometimes even with bullhorns in our driveways (laughs) on Sunday mornings, about how we're doing what we're doing next level church, listen to me. That's okay. It's okay. We're not going to debate them. We're not going to argue with them. We're not even going to try and convince them, okay? A wise old mentor told me a long, long time ago, it, Matt, if you wrestle with the pig, you both end up muddy, but only the pig likes it. So church, listen, when it comes to our critics, we're going to do what Jesus did. We're just going to love them, and we're going to show grace to our critics. Here's why. Because they are simply doing the best that they know how to do. That's okay. They need Jesus' love. They need the Lord's grace just like we do. So when it comes to outside critics, don't stop, don't debate. Just show grace and love and pray. That's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. Now, let me flip the coin over and talk about a second category of critics, and that is what I would call inside critics. Inside critics. It turns out that those who were criticizing Jesus that day We're actually sitting in the church. And an interesting observation, at least from my vantage point, is that when it comes to inside critics, they always tend to do more sitting than carrying. And church, can I just encourage us this weekend as a voice of influence, as a pastor in your life? If you come and sit too long, I'm just warning you, you're probably going to develop a critical spirit at some point. And it's probably going to be sooner than later. And here's why. Because it's a gravitational pull. We always gravitate toward criticizing something that we aren't helping to create. Right? Like, Like, it's the difference between going out to eat, and let's say you go to an Italian restaurant and you order fettuccine alfredo. And you go to that, it's the difference between going to a restaurant and ordering fettuccine alfredo and making fettuccine alfredo at home with your family. You may criticize the fettuccine alfredo that you and your family made, but that's only because you're trying to make it better the next time. But it's easy, isn't it, when we just go and consume the fettuccine alfredo at the restaurant, to leave, and at the end of it, when someone says, hey, how was dinner the other night, you go, well, the restaurant was a little cold. The music was a little loud. I had to park really far away. The cookies were a little hard. The coffee was a little... If you can get my wife, my wife, those of you on, in a video service, my wife just said strong. If you can get my wife to admit coffee strong, it's got to be strong. <laughs> my, my girl likes her coffee strong. She likes her men strong. What's up? What's How you doing? <laughs> We're always quick to, con, uh, to criticize something that we just consumed. But when we criticize something we help make, it's only because we have a heart and passion to make it better the next time. And church, I'm just warning us, let's be careful that we don't just come and sit because people who come and sit and not carry end up critics, not carriers. And I would be willing to bet that in this story, if the, if the lame man had been one of the Pharisees sitting in the room that day, one of their best friends or relatives, they would not have been criticizing what was going on. I just think it matters. I just think it matters. So let's keep our eyes on carrying as many paralytics to Jesus as we can. Amen? Because in Jesus' ministry, there were critics, and we don't want to be critics. Critics are no fun to be around. Come on. Amen to that. Critics are no fun to be around. I'd rather be a carrier instead of a critic. Amen. Verse 8. Look at verse 8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, shame, shame, I know your name. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. It's not in there. That's not even the Greek. He said to them, why are you thinking these things? Verse 9, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up, take your mat, and walk? Number four, what does it mean to be the church? It means we never forget that the point is life change. The reason the Pharisees were so critical is because they thought the point of church was to sit around and regurgitate religious information and police everybody with rules. And Jesus steps right into their belief system and goes, it's not about that. The point of church, the whole point of us getting together is that the lame can walk and the blind can see and the dumb will speak, and those who are in bondage will be set free. That's the point of church. So, listen, when lost people come in, Pharisees get all upset. But, church, we must never forget that lost people are messy. But that's the point. Is Next Level Church perfect? No! We are so imperfect. But we are a group of imperfect people trying to serve other imperfect people and a perfect God in the best way we know how. Here's what Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4 says, Without oxen, a stable stays clean. If you want a clean stable don't have anybody or any animals in it. But look at the next part. You need a strong ox for a large harvest. In other words, if you want to reap a big harvest, then you better start expecting some messiness. There's going to be some problems. People are not going to be all cleaned up and perfect when they enter into this stable. Sometimes they're going to be smelly. And that's what God's called us to. He has called us to pastor the hurting and the broken and the messy of our community, of our nation, and of our world. And church, I'm just telling you, we we can never forget that we are not the point of all this, that the hurting and the broken of our city are. Lost people are. We're the found ones. And if Jesus wanted it to be all about the found ones, he would have taken us to heaven the moment we got saved. So by virtue of the fact that you're still here, then it's not about us. It's about God working through us. For the paralyzed ones, for the blind ones, for the lost ones, for the hurting ones, for the broken ones. Verse 10. Jesus continues on. But the, you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He looks at the paralytic and he said to him, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. What does it mean to be the church? Number five. It means going home different than We came write that down what does it mean for us to be the church it means we go home different than we came jesus told the guy leave church now because jesus understood what happens in here is not the point it's not the end it's the beginning next level listen what happens on our weekends in our three locations This is just the beginning. This is where we come in to get our batteries charged up. This is where we plug in our phone. This is where we plug in our soul to God, where we get re-energized. Why? So we can go out there. Church doesn't start until the service is over. God wants us to come in here, get healed, be changed, receive power, and then go out there, back into our homes, back into our schools, back into our communities, back into our workplaces, and be different. Are we being changed by what we're experiencing? Because if it's only impacting us here, then it's not working. If it's impacting us here and being seen in our life, Well, now we're on to something, which is the final point. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view. Everybody say, full view. In full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. What does it mean to be the church? Number six, it means others around us see the life change and are drawn to Jesus because of it. What does it mean to be the church? It means that our life is so changed that when you and I walk out of here and walk into our everyday lives, people notice the difference and ultimately are drawn to Jesus. What's the win? The win is that others would see what God's doing in our life and they would be drawn to it. Can I ask you a really personal question? When's the last time somebody commented on your life in a good way? If it's been a while, well, there you go. See, God wants our life to be so changed by his presence, changed by his word changed by His Spirit that's alive inside of us, that when we leave this place, people around us can't help but notice the difference. Next Level Church, listen, we are the church. It's us. And when we leave these four walls, whatever four walls you're in this weekend, when we leave these four walls, guess what? We are the church. When the paralytic guy received his healing, God changed his life, and he walked out. Everybody looked at him, and they instantly praised God. Said, so we've never seen anything like this. What could it look like if the several thousand of us who call Next Level Church our home on a weekly basis had someone in our world who went, wow you just forgave your, that guy at work that totally just yelled and screamed at you. Wow. You just paid that person's toll behind us. Wow. You just loved your kids like I haven't seen a parent do all season. Wow. You just honored that police officer. You just went out of your way to be kind. To that young teenager walking across the street, wow, I haven't seen that before. What could it look like if we were a church like that? Man, what could it look like? So a couple of questions for us, a couple of challenges for us this weekend. How's your life? How's your life? People tell that Jesus has made all the difference if not maybe you need to come down to our prayer team and let them pray for you that God will start wrecking your life in a good way wrecking your life again so that others around us can see the difference and know that he is God have you been doing more criticizing or carrying these days you know it's easy to stop being a critic just get up off the couch Walk into the kitchen say, how can I help? You'll criticize the meal less, I promise. Some of us need to get up off the seat, walk to our next steps area at our, at our location this weekend and say, how can I help? I'm here to serve. What do you need? Put me in. Throughout this series I've been challenging us, what's our next step? What's our ne- what if we all took one giant step into the vision of God in 2018? Have you done it yet? What's your next step? You guys, we're the church. It's us. We're the church. Others are counting on us to get this thing right. The next generation's counting on us. The lost and hurting and broken of our city are counting on us to get this right. Maybe. Maybe you've come in this weekend to one of our services. And you're one of the lost ones. That's okay. We're so glad you're here. We did this for you. And by the way, we were all like you once. But for the grace of God, then we found the love of Jesus. And it has proved to have made all the difference. So listen, if you're in one of our services this weekend and you feel far from God, you hear me talking about a relationship with Jesus and that sounds kind of foreign to you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond today. And can I tell you that the hundreds of brothers and sisters that are sitting around you right now in whatever service you're in, They have been praying that you would come to this church, that you would come to this moment at some point, and that your heart would be open and that Jesus would do for you what he has done for us. So church, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray. Begin praying right where you're at. Come on, church, just under your breath, just begin to pray because God's trying to get a hold of people's hearts for eternity. And listen, if you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, can I just tell you, there's no greater, more important decision you could ever make in your life, I'm going to invite our campus pastors to join me on stage at every location right now. See, the Bible says that we're sinners. In other words, we're imperfect. Well, that's easy to admit. We've missed the mark. We're we're less than perfect. But God is perfect. And so our sin, our imperfection has created a gap between us and our loving Heavenly Father, God. Well, God couldn't stand that there was this gap between him, a perfect God, and us, an imperfect, sinful people. So you know what he did? He sent Jesus, his son, to this earth to die on a cross as payment for our sin. It's like going through the grocery store and having a cart full of stuff. And as soon as you go to swipe or write that check or get out your cash, some. Random person walks up and says, I got it. This one's on me, paid in full. That's what Jesus did. He paid in full for our sin. And all we have to do is look at Him and say, I receive that. I receive your free gift. It's not about works, trying to earn our way into God's good graces. No, 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 no. We have good works after we say yes out of gratitude. That's why we want to be better people. That's why we want to do good works. It's not to earn God's favor. It's because of God's favor. So if you're in one of our services right now and you, you've never said yes, or maybe you did say yes, but it's been a long time ago, and you know that there's become distance between you and God, it's time to re-up. It's time to get back into alignment with God's family, with God's grace, with God's forgiveness. I want to pray for you. Every head is bowed, every eye closed, just between me you and Jesus and our campus pastors. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, if you want to say yes, would you just slip your hand up right now? I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. Come on. One, two, three. Just slip your hand up. Awesome. Awesome. Come on. All across the room. All across the room. Whatever room you're in right now. Just keep it up for a second. Keep it up. Keep it up. Now, let me lead us in prayer. And I'm going to ask every one of us, whether you've said yes before, or this is your first time, all of us to repeat this prayer after me. And if you raised your hand, would you pray this prayer from your heart right now? Come on. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for bringing me to this place on this day for this moment. I acknowledge I'm a sinner, that I'm imperfect, and I accept you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, wash me clean, and begin a relationship today. I want you to be the Savior. the Lord of my life. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen.